the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is a prayer that should be a daily part of our lives in Christ. Oftentimes, though, hope fails us, and we do find ourselves falling into temptation. How, then, does this prayer change things? We'll talk about it next on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. The Ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, this is Abounding Grace. Welcome to our program. Our time together today takes us back to Luke chapter 11 and our series on the Lord's Prayer. We're back once again on the sixth petition. It's that petition that should be a part of our lives every day. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. It's that one petition that we're looking at. Now, we've already seen that we pray that God would keep us from being overcome by temptation and that God would also support and protect us when we are being tempted. When those times happen where we lose hope and we fall into that temptation and sin, this prayer continues to strengthen and encourage us. You see, we also pray this prayer when we do cave to temptation and the Lord would recover us from the effects of that temptation. That's precisely what we're praying as we see today on Abounding Grace. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner. We come again today to the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer. You remember, we began looking at the full meaning of this petition. What is it exactly that we are praying for when we are asking God to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil? We have seen that there are basically four things according to our larger catechism which, as you already know, I am using as the basis of my outline for this study of the Lord's Prayer. And we, first of all, are praying that God would keep us from being overcome by temptation that will destroy us. We are praying that God would support us and protect us and hold us up when we are being tempted. We are praying that when we cave into temptation, that the Lord would recover us out of the effects of that temptation. And then we are praying that God would perfect our sanctification and our salvation at death and resurrection. If you remember two weeks ago, I concluded my sermon teaching how God answers our prayers to keep us from being overcome and overthrown by temptation. We saw that He overrules the world and all the intentions and seductions of the world on our behalf. We saw that he subdues the flesh and enables us to govern the otherwise ungoverning indwelling sin within us, who are Christians. We saw that he restrains Satan's influence on our lives. And today, we continue by looking at the fact that he orders all the details of our lives for our benefit. He blesses the means of grace to enable us to keep from caving into temptation 
and he quickens us to watchfulness in the use of the means of grace. Now, many of these are old words, I know, but I will explain them as I go on. First of all, notice that the way the Lord keeps us from being overcome and overthrown by temptation that destroys us is by ordering every detail in our lives for our benefit. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'll be reading verses 12 and 13, which tell us that God orders the details of our lives to keep us from being destroyed by temptation, a temptation that is too big for us to stand and resist on our own. In 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13, it says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but as such as is common to man, and God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, that you may be able to endure it. Now, the reason that verse is true is because God orchestrates everything in your life and everything that happens to you for your benefit. He says, whenever temptation comes into your life or trials, don't think you are the first person in the world that has ever experienced this. Don't think you are the first person in the world that has ever been tempted like this and who has ever had to go through this heavy trial or temptation. It is common to countless numbers of Christians who have gone through similar temptations, faced similar trials, and have gotten the victory over them, learned from them, learned how to cope with them, and are better Christians because of it. And then he says, I'm going to govern your life in such a way that though your life will have a lot of trials and temptations, God says, I will not let anything come into your life that will be such a temptation that you are not able to endure and resist. In other words, there is never a time in your life as a Christian when you can say that temptation is just too much. I couldn't help but cave in. If you had been there, you would have seen that I just couldn't resist. Wrong, beloved. There should never be a situation in your life when you say, I had to give in. I couldn't take it anymore. I had to throw in the towel. Not one of these things can you ever say, if God orchestrates everything in your life for your benefit, he promises you here that He is faithful and He will not allow you to be tempted or tried beyond what you are able to stand. So the next time you face a temptation and you say, it's just too big for me to handle, or you face a trial and you say, it's just too much for me to endure, then you say in the next sentence, I guess God is a liar. He must be a liar because he said he would never, never let anything come into your life that would be too big or too heavy for you to stand up under. And you know God is not a liar. You know God is faithful 
to his promises. And you need to say those words to yourself dozens of times every day. Even when I'm unfaithful, God is faithful. God is faithful. He hasn't forgotten me. God is not punishing me. God isn't mistreating me. God hasn't left me alone. God has not sent something into my life that I just can't stand. God is faithful. And he will never let anything come into your life that is too heavy for you to bear as long as you are trusting in him. Now, if you're not trusting in him, even a straw will break your back. If you are trying to get through this life on your own strength, the smallest thing can bring down your house. But if you're depending on the Lord and staying as close to Jesus as you possibly can and you are being faithful to him, God will see to it that nothing in your life, in other words, there will be no temptation that you just had to give in to because it was too strong for you to resist. Moreover, it says that whatever the trial is or whatever the temptation is, that you have to face, God has a true and workable way of escape to deal with it, found in his word. So if something comes into your life and you don't know how to handle it, you don't know how to escape it or cope with it, oh Lord, I do not know how to handle this, God says, let me tell you how. I've got the answer for you. Read the Bible. Find out in the Bible. God has a true and workable solution for every temptation and trial that life brings up before you and I. You are never left without answers. You are never left with having to choose between two evils. There is always a right and a wrong way. Actually, a lot of wrong ways. But you've got to know the right way from Scripture. And I advise you to get a great little book called The Christian Counselor's Manual by J. Adams. In that book, he gives all kinds of answers to trials and temptations, workable solutions to whatever trials and problems and temptations you experience in your life from Scripture. So understand the way God keeps you and me from being overcome and overthrown by temptation is by ordering all the details of our lives, and no matter what the situation may be, God is going to be faithful and never let anything come upon you that is bigger than you can stand, and He will always have a true and workable solution for everything you have to face in life from Scripture. God orchestrates everything in your life to keep you from being overcome by temptation. Well, there's another way that God also protects us from evil and helps us keep from being overthrown by temptation, and that is by blessing all the means of grace, by blessing with His Spirit all the means of grace to be effective in your life. Now, by means of grace... I'm going to ask you to try and remember a sermon that I gave not too long ago. And let me remind you what our catechism says in question 154. It says, The outward and ordinary means 
whereby Christ communicates or brings into our lives the benefits of His redemption are all of His ordinances, especially the Word, sacraments, and prayer, all of which are made effective to the elect for their salvation. Now let me explain what that means. That means the way God keeps you and me from temptation and delivers us from evil is by blessing all of his ordinances that he has commanded us to do, making them effective for our salvation so that they are instruments in his hands, bringing his strength and more of his saving grace and the blessings of salvation into our lives. Now, what are the ordinances of God? They are, first, the communion of the saints. Fellowship with one another, that is, as you fellowship with other Christians and seek to build one another up in the faith, then God blesses that as a means of grace and makes that fellowship effective in strengthening you to be able to resist temptation. And then you have obedience to God's law. That also is an ordinance. Obey me, says God. So as we are seeking to obey God, out of love for the Lord Jesus Christ and not trying to make points with Him, then God uses that as a means of grace in our lives to strengthen us from caving in to temptation. Now, all of His ordinances, which are His commands, are important. But some are more important than others. For instance, as important as all the ordinances are, our catechism, reflecting the emphasis of the Bible, says, especially the word sacraments and prayer. All of God's ordinances are means of grace, and God makes them effective in strengthening you and holding you up in the face of temptation and keeps you from being overthrown by temptation, but especially the Word of God, His sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper, and prayer and worship. So as you pray, whether it is by yourself, with your family, or as a congregation, God especially uses that in your life to keep you from being overthrown and destroyed by temptation. When you take the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, and that's why we take it every Sunday, or one of the reasons, God uses it and makes it effective in the hearts of the elect and strengthens us to be able to say no more decisively to temptation this week than we did last week. But especially, it says, the Word of God. There is a priority to these means of grace. All of the ordinance of God are means of grace, especially the word, sacraments and, and prayer, but especially the word of God and its preaching. When you read the word of God to yourself, or you read good books about the word of God, or you read it to your family, God uses that as a means of grace to keep you and your family strong in the face of temptation. But especially, says the catechism, reflecting the Bible, is the preaching of the gospel, the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. So when you sit under the preaching of the word of God, Christ himself preaches to you through the frail and weak voice of men. And it is that preached word above all else that God uses in your life 
to protect you and give you the strength to keep you from being overcome and overthrown and destroyed by temptation in your life. So whenever you come to church, whenever you have devotions with your family, pray, Lord, this is a means of grace When you have fellowship, when you sing, when you read the Bible, when you take the sacraments, pray, Lord, may this be a means of grace to me. I know I'm going to be tempted this week. I know I will be, so I pray that you give me the strength and grace through all of these ordinances that you have commanded so that I can say no and mean it when those temptations are thrown into my life. Turn to Hebrews 13 that we read a while ago, you'll see that it is basically a prayer that God would bless the means of grace. And it is an ascription of praise with which the book of Hebrews ends. Let me read the text to you again, Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you and every good thing to do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So whenever you take in your hand the means of grace, whenever you try to obey any of the ordinances of God, fellowship, witnessing, obedience to the law of God, the various things we do in worship, whether it is private or family or public, pray this, Lord, as I take the Lord's Supper, as I sing, as I hear the Word of God preached, equip me in every good thing to do your will in the face of temptation. Not my will, not Satan's will, not the will of my fallen nature, but your will, and work in me that which is pleasing in your sight. Lord, I don't have any strength in and of myself. I need for you to work that strength in me so that the next time I'm tempted, I will do what is pleasing to you and not what is pleasing to me. Lord, as I read the Bible to my family or to myself, and as I read good books that are Christ-focused, or biographies about great Christians, or as I participate in worship, Lord, equip me to do your will and not to do my own will. Make the means of grace real, a real means of grace in my life, effective in strengthening me in the face of temptation then God also keeps us from being overthrown and overpowered by temptation by, to use an old word, quickening in us watchfulness in the use of the means of grace. Quickening on us to watchfulness in the use of the means of grace. Now let me explain some of those words. The word watchfulness includes in it diligence and expectancy. That God protects us from being overcome by temptation by quickening us to diligence and expectancy in the use of the means of grace. Lord, as we read the Bible, as we hear it preached, as we sing, as we take the Lord's Supper, as we obey your law, as we meditate upon your word, give us diligence. May we not do it haphazard, haphazardly. Give us diligent, make us sincere, make us earnest in all of this. May we not do it in some lackadaisical and haphazard manner. 
May we do these things as if our life depends upon it, which it does. Lord, when I do these means of grace, they not only help me to be diligent, but they help me to be expectant. They help me so that when I take the Lord's Supper, I expect you to do something in my heart. They help me when I come to church so that when I sit down, I'm literally on pins and needles knowing that you are going to do something in my life today. I come with watchfulness and expectancy that you are going to do something within me. And it says by quickening us to that. Now quickening is an old word that means to excite, to to make alive, to vitalize, to bring to life. So God keeps us from being overcome by temptation by exciting us and stimulating us and vitalizing us and bringing to life watchfulness and diligence and expectancy when we use all the means of grace. Here's a verse from Jesus in Matthew 26, 4. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now that's what he said to Peter and the others when they fell asleep at the Mount of Transfiguration. Keep watching and praying, that you may not enter into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now what does it mean, first of all, to enter into temptation? Lord, excite within me watchfulness and prayer, that I may not enter into temptation. To enter into temptation means to enter into a situation where temptation is likely and where surrender to temptation is probable. You watch and you pray to keep from being temptation. Don't let temptation tangle up your feet and trip you up. Don't let it overtake you. Don't fall into its trap. John Owens, the great Puritan, said this, When we allow a temptation to enter into us, then we enter into that temptation. While it knocks at the door, we are free. But when we let it in and it negotiates with the heart, reasons with the mind, enters and allures the affections, whether it happens suddenly or slowly over time, we enter into temptation. Once you let it in, And you don't say, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stand in the power of the Holy Spirit. But then you start to negotiate with it. Well, let me see now. You're sunk, beloved. Do you know when Eve was sunk? God said, don't eat of the tree. And she got close to it. And that was stupid right off the bat. She got close to it and she reasoned. Boy, that's a beautiful tree. And I've never seen such a luscious looking fruit. It looks like when I bite into it, the juice and the flavor are just going to burst in my mouth. I think I'll take a bite. When she started negotiating, it was all over. So how can we, with God's help, prevent ourselves from entering into temptation? How do we keep from negotiating with temptation and say no and mean it? Jesus said, keep watching and keep praying. That's the only real preventative, beloved. Keep watching and pray. 
that God will stimulate you to resist. Now, what is it to watch that you might not enter into temptation? It means to be on guard like a sentry, to be alert. Consider all the ways by which temptation can sneak upon you and attack you. Don't get caught off guard. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408 408- You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. (music) 